Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to a, back to another Porsche Cooled podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Bath. Uh, this is this is a podcast about Porsches, about Porsche life, about uh, my ownership journey, and uh, all the things in between. All the things we love talking about. We love talking about the nine eleven. We love talking about Porsches. Um, so that's what this podcast is. Uh, this podcast is about. Um, so I just want to talk about today, I just want to have a chat today really about my ownership journey. Uh, I had to reflect back um, a couple of weeks ago uh, when I did a YouTube video um, that I'm now three years into owning my 911. Uh, my 997.1, my 2006 uh, Carrera, base Carrera, I've now owned for three years. Yes, yeah, so um, three years of ownership and and it makes you think back about the process that I went through. And I made a, a YouTube video back in 2016 about this, about uh, trying to be sensible buying a Porsche 911. Uh, you can see that on my YouTube channel uh, under the name Michael Bath, of course. Um, I'll put the link in this uh, description to this podcast. But it made me realize that, you know, like when you're going through this process and you're thinking, okay, I want to buy a 911. I haven't owned a 911 before. What are the risks? What are the uh, what are the issues involved? Um, you know what what am I going to be up for in, in the terms of uh, how much cash am I going to have to spend? Is there any major issues? And I guess for all of us, uh, the first thing you do is you go on the forums. You you go to like-minded people. You go to Renlist. You go to Piston Heads. Uh, you talk to people on Instagram. I guess uh, you talk to friends who have owned Porsches. Uh, you talk to uh, some people, you know, you might even talk to dealers or to like independent Porsche dealers to get some information or go to Cars and Coffee and, and talk to people who are, who are showing their cars at, at these events and, and you have a chat. I mean, that's the community. That's the Porsche community. That's the car community. Uh, and it's a great one at that. Um, when you're involved in it and, and you realize the, the, the common bond that you have with people and not just on a Porsche level, on a car level. And I think that's that's the one thing that's great. I think that's the one thing that's great about these days with social uh, social media is that you can actually connect with a lot more people, people globally, and, and talk about things you have in common. Um, it's not always easy to find people with things in common. And I think social, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, all these things give you the freedom to um, connect with a lot more people than you would have previously. So my ownership journey... Uh, you know, and I say looking back on it, uh, you do get, I don't know if the word is obsessed, but once you start looking, you do get a little bit obsessed, let's be honest. You, 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 you look through every, every Porsche that's for sale, you read as many articles as possible, you're watching YouTube videos from 2006, 2007 when people did a review of the 997.1. Um, you're looking at current things, you know, then you start thinking, oh, what can I do to it when I buy it? What are the mods? And then you look at mod videos, you look at exhaust videos, you look at how to upgrade the PCM system and, you know, all of these things which, which, you know, build the momentum, I guess. They build the momentum to that day when you pick up your car either from a private seller or from a dealer uh, and you drive away with it. And you really do. I remember the day when we picked up our car from uh, Scuderia Graziani, which was a prestige car dealer in Sydney, where I bought the 997 from. And seriously, you get into the car. And I'd driven the car before because I'd driven the car to um, 
take it to Orderhouse Hamilton in Sydney, where they did a, a thorough PPI in the car, checked the engine number, checked all the issues with it. Uh, luckily, I had uh, I found a 911 that didn't have a lot of um, problems, but we'll get onto that in a second. And you, you know, you've dr- I've driven the car before. I mean, I, they allowed me to take it for the day to get the PPI, so I had driven it. But it's that th- it's that time when you hand over the the final money and and you drive away and you realize, wow, I've I've got a 911. You know what I mean? Like, how did I how did I get here? I've got a 911, and it's a great feeling. Uh, and then when you start driving it and you start appreciating the little things about it, and even a car that when I purchased my car three years ago was what was it? 11, 11 years old. It was eleven years old when I purchased it. It's now fourteen years old, and um. Apart from uh, the typical problem with Porsche 997s, especially the pre-2008 models, uh, the air conditioning buttons were uh, textured in to make them look black, which looked terrible. Uh, A lot of people just changed those buttons over, um, but I changed the whole air conditioning unit. A lot of you who follow me on YouTube will know that. I've spoken about it before. Uh, Probably a little bit overkill, but I did actually do that. But... um, yeah, based on a car that's that old, uh, it really is a great car. Uh, it's it's simple, uh, but at the same time, it's engaging, uh, it's exciting, the shape is current. Uh, it has all the things you want from a sports car, really. Uh, and I'm not saying I don't want a GT3, you know, 997.1 or 0.2, 0.1 preferably GT3 or a GT3 RS. Of course I do. Of course you want the top of the range. Of course you want that that little bit more that Porsche always give, you know, that way that they can tweak that basic Carrera to something that's just so much more. Uh, I had the opportunity to drive my friend's car, you know, like a year ago, and um, even the lightweight bucket seat, sitting in a 997.1 GT3, sitting in that different seat, sitting with the different, with the roll bar behind your back, with the, the, the rear seats gone, and the noise of the roll bar, and the noise of the engine, and, you know, he had a numeric shifter, and you know, it's just so engaging, uh, and it's a different feeling. The base Carrera to the GT3, you've got the top and the bottom, so to speak. You know, if we're not call- talking about the turbo, but there's nothing wrong with the base Carrera. This is what I'm what I'm going to get onto in this podcast. There's really nothing wrong with the base Carrera. And of course, if you drive the GT3, yes, it's more engaging, but you have to really uh, push it to get that extra that that feeling out of it in a way. If you're just driving around the city, if you're just driving you know, locally, you probably don't feel as much. Um, I was a little bit scared to to um, give it all uh, because it was my friend's car. But, you know, even just getting used to the, the short shifter, the numeric short shifter that he had fitted is is a task in itself. I mean, I've never, ever shifted a gear, a gear that is that is that short, that there's just no throw and the clicking and the mechanical side of it. Um, I updated my 997 I updated my 997 shifter uh, at Christmas. I had it um, installed by the Porsche specialist in Sydney. And um, I was a little bit disappointed. And I think looking back at it, and when my friend drove the car, he said, who owns the GT3? He said, no, it's okay. It's much better. But I think in my head, I was thinking, I was imagining that day, that day in his GT3 and driving his GT3 and thinking about that numeric. And I thought, I think that's why I don't think it's any different. I think that's why I thought, it wasn't any much better, but it is better because it's not as sloppy than the standard Carrera shift. It's 
it, it clicks in a little bit more, uh, especially from first to second. The issue with first to second being really hard, I haven't haven't come, encountered that. I know a lot of people said it's really hard in, in cold weather. I did drive the car only in summer, so that's probably why I didn't experience it. Um, but, you know, this is part of Porsche ownership. The part of Porsche ownership is that you buy your 911. And I've had, like I said, I've had mine for three years. And I'm thinking about all the things that I had done on it. Um, and there's quite a few to list, I guess. Uh, not as many as other people who I follow online, such as Auto Amateur or um, Car Fanatic. I follow. I don't think he's done that much. Um, Eat, Sleep, Drive. Eat, Sleep, Drive wasn't Eat, Sleep, Drive, the other guy. There's, there's quite a few people who are, you know, doing mods uh, to their 911. Also, a lot of people I talk to on Instagram are doing great things to their car. Um, but anyway, back to the point. The point was is that you shouldn't be scared if you're about to buy a 911. You shouldn't be worried about it. You shouldn't uh, overthink it too much. You should get the proper checks. You should get a Porsche uh, pre-purchase inspection. You should get it looked over. You should know what can, what things you're up for straight away. Do you need tires? Are you going to need brakes? Is the clutch gone? The main things that are going to cost you some money. Um, when I had my service recently in Sydney, uh, after three years, um, I will need to change my brake pads probably end of this year. Uh, they still have life, but they are ready to go. Um, my steering rack has shown a small leak, and that could be due to lack of uh, use, lack of driving. That it's uh, they said that it might dry up, and then the then the then the um, what is it? The rubber seal dries up, and then it starts to leak. Um, I have read that's a reasonably common thing that people get done. Some people replace the steering rack with a new one, which is very expensive uh, from someone that told me in the US, or you get it reconditioned. And I think Autohouse Hamilton, what they're going to do is they're going to um, recondition my steering rack. But even so, I think I'm going to be up for a couple of thousand Australian dollars. Um, and then I need to get a wheel alignment. So that was the major thing that showed up in my service after three years. And that was a major service that I had done. Um, the only other thing that showed up was I had the oil pressure gauge wasn't working, uh, which I got fixed, which was about $500, $450 Australian dollars, which was quite expensive. Um, they said the fuel cap hinge was broken. I purchased a new one from Porsche. It's a small crack in it, I think, but it's not broken. So I haven't actually replaced it. I've just kept the hinge, but it was only like a $20 part. They were the major things that turned up after the three-year service. So that was my major service. Um, during my ownership period, honestly, I haven't had any major issues. When I first purchased the car, there was a small coolant leak at the back, but that was just a little uh, rubber cap, which cost nothing. The windscreen wiper washer thing wasn't working, but that was just like some pump, which wasn't very expensive as well. Um, when I bought my car, it had wiring for some radar detector, but it was half installed and half uninstalled, so I had that removed, so that cost me a little bit of money to take that out. Um, but nothing to deter you from buying the car. And as I said, the air conditioning was probably the, the biggest purchase at first because that was like $1,000 $1, US to replace that unit, which I bought from Suncoast, and I replaced that. Uh, also, my hood and uh, my engine hood and my frunk hood, the, the, the uh, switch was broken, so I replaced that. But during the three years, I, ha I really have had pretty much trouble-free motoring. And I really have to say that, you know, the, the car itself, um, it really is. I had an Audi A4 Avant before this, S-Line Avant. And honestly, it was getting old. It was a 2004 model. And it was costing me a lot more than the Porsche has been costing me. Um, I purchased new car tires for the Porsche as well. So I bought the Michelin uh, 
what was on it before, Pilot Sport 2s, is it? N2s or whatever it is. So I bought the as per spec tires. Uh, I didn't get the um, 4S or whatever they're called, Michelin, a lot of people are getting. I just went with the, what the factory tires were originally. Obviously, they've been upgraded slightly because they're a, they're a newer version, but they're still the same, same spec pretty much. Um, so I got the tires. That was one thing. You know, but the tires were done because I did actually, uh, my car when I purchased it had 20-inch um, Techart wheels on it, uh, which I liked at first. I would have preferred OEM, but the ride was quite hard, and so I found a pair of OEM uh, lobster lobster wheels, lobster claws wheels, uh, Carrera S wheels, and uh, I found them in the UK through a place called XL Wheels, and they customized them for me in the special grey colour, GT4 Geo Carrera S option wheel colour, uh, with a silver lip, um, and, you know, I love them, a lot of other people love them, I get comments about them all the time, and then I tied that in with a stripe from Carrera decals, Ren decals, uh, when he was still doing stripes, I'm not sure if he is. Um, but I'd always liked that. Uh, I always liked that singer look. I always liked that style of singer. I always liked that uh, that subtleness of a singer. I don't want to go too far in that that it doesn't look like a Carrera anymore. It has a little bit of personality. It has my sort of personality to it. Um, I've added a few leather pieces inside. I'm going to add some more leather pieces inside. But but I'm not going to mod the car out too much. I'm not going to put a wing on the back. I'm not going to change the front spoiler. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do things like that. Um, I like it how it is. I doesn't have to. I don't have to do that much more to it. And I came to the realization the other day that um, those who follow me will know that I want a GT3, and I still want to get a GT3. But I, I'm now thinking that if funds permit, I will keep the 997.1 Carrera, and I will get a GT3. Possibly a GT3 RS, depending on how, how far I can stretch, but I'd say it's probably a GT3. And I'd say it's more likely a 997 GT3, maybe a 0.2 GT3, but I say it's a GT3 in the 997 um, generation. So that's kind of my plans for my Porsche, my Porsche ownership going into the next, into the fourth year, I guess. Hopefully in the end of the fourth year or fifth year, I can actually um, start to make that a reality. Um, but anyway, like I said, all you need to do when you buy a Porsche is just make sure you do your checks. Speak to as many people as possible. Don't get too stressed. Don't get too worried. Um, it's a great experience and it's a great journey. And yeah, I was trying to be sensible and I was pretty sensible. I didn't spend a lot of money. Uh, and the prices in the US and UK for 997s are obviously much less than what they are in Australia. But it's all relative and really for the money, for what you pay for a 997, it really is a very, very, it's a great sports car. Uh, you get a lot for your money. Um, yeah, you get a lot for your money really. And uh, that's what's so great about it. So if you're, if you're sitting on the fence now waiting whether you should buy or, or not buy a 997, I'd say don't, don't delay. I'd say buy one now. I think that the 997 generation, really, it's going to go, um, price-wise, I, I just think it's going to go higher than, uh, than what air cools went uh, all those years ago. I remember there was a dealer in, in UK, and um, I think they only buy 997.2s, though. I can't think of the, of the name of the dealer now. Um, but they, could, they were buying 997.2s. And I think at one stage, they were just basically, they just had such a range of 997.2s. I think it's Paragon Porsche, actually. Uh, Paragon Porsche in the UK and they basically had you know GTS they had 997.2 uh, Carrera GT3 GT3 RS they just had basically they were just stockpiling because they knew that um, they just know that it's going to take off and when it does take off 
the good cars are going to be hard to find. Uh, and that's, I think that's, that's the turning point. I think, I think it's starting to happen with the 996 now. We've seen that 996 values, the Carrera, uh, the 911 from 99 to, of, 99 to 2004, but it was still available in 2006 in GT2, I think. So, but um, we've seen the prices of the 996, the ugly duckling, so to speak, with the headlights, that no one liked the fried egg headlights. Uh, you're getting very important uh, Porsche influencers such as Magnus Walker, uh, buying the 996. Uh, he's bought a GT3, he's bought a base Carrera in red. Um, it's happening. It's happening with the 996 and you can see it. Uh, prices in those are rising and they're rising pretty quickly and the good ones are going to be snapped up for sure. Especially the simple base Carrera, uh, the Carrera 4S and the Turbo. They really are. And the Turbo being because it's got the Metzger engine and it doesn't fail, uh, fall into the trap of the IMS issue which the 996 had as well as the early uh, 997s. So the 996 is a great buy as well. Personally, I would still, if you're going to buy your first 911, I would still, I don't know, I'd still, I'd still look at the 997 first. I think it's just a slightly, a little bit more modern inside, it's nicer inside, I would still go with the 997. If your funds don't permit, I would even say, you know, maybe you don't go into a 911, go into a Boxster. You know, you get a good Boxster S, uh, 1999 to 2004 model Boxster S. If you get it in manual, if you get it with under, say, 80,000 kilometers, which is, what, 60,000 miles or something, uh, and you get it in the right spec, you know, you might have to replace the cover, you might have to replace things here and there, but it really is a great, that's another great car to get for the money. And some people will say, what about the Cayman? Yeah, of course, the Cayman is another one. Um, but there are, if you want a 911, I would still say, look at a 997. Don't overlook a Carrera thinking, oh, I want a Carrera S, I want more power, I want extra features. The Carrera really is, it's still, a, if you push it and you give it enough, it still is a handful. Uh, you can, you know, there are times when I've been going around the mountain roads on the twisty roads and I've got into a corner way too hot. I've broken it, I've braked at the wrong point. You know, you want to brake mid corner, you shouldn't, you know. I'm not, I'm not a racing car driver, I'm not, you know, I'm not a train driver, and it happens. And even with a Carrera, you can fall into a mistake. So don't think it's not fast enough because it really is fast enough. Uh, driving uh, rubbish cars like I have been uh, while I've been based in Bahrain here, you realize how well the 997 grips, how fast you can take a corner, how fast, how late you can brake, how you can, you know, the, the, the center of gravity, the the balance of the car with the engine in the rear and how you can take the corner and that feeling when you go around a corner when you've just got it just right. It's a great feeling and it's a feeling that when you own a 911, the first few times it happens, you just put a smile on your face because you can feel that weight. You can feel the transfer. You know, you can feel the road. You're connected to the car with the steering. I mean, it's a great, great, great feeling. Um, but yeah, so I guess the title of this podcast, and I hope I'm not rambling too much. It's very weird talking to yourself. Um, I should get guests on this podcast, which I will try to do in the future. But um, if you're thinking about buying the 911, don't overthink it. Sure, look at all the options out there. But a good base Carrera, just get the proper checks done. Once you've bought it, the upkeep, the service, the maintenance... I guess if you have to get a loan on the car, it's different. I didn't get a loan on my car. I mean, that is an extra cost per month that you have to factor in. But the general maintenance, the general insurance, the registration and everything like that, and the thing about that it goes through tires a lot. I mean, I know I haven't driven my car a lot. I mean, I'm always traveling and I'm not driving it as much as I should be. But 
honestly, I've still put on a, a reasonable amount, 12, 13,000 kilometers. It's still a reasonable amount of miles. Uh, if the car had a lot of major issues, I'm sure they would have shown up by now. It's not like I, I am gentle with it when I'm driving it. I do try to I do try to wake it up, so to speak. I do try to give it, uh, give it a little bit of enjoyment, as with the driver, when I'm back driving it in, uh, in Australia. But um, only if I had a Porsche 911 here in Bahrain. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I currently live in Bahrain. Uh, I am a member of the Porsche Club in Bahrain, but uh, I haven't actually had a chance to go to any of their events. Uh, there is a Porsche, there is a Cars and Coffee here in Bahrain, which has got a good, quite a good turnout, which is on next weekend. So I might try to go to that. Uh, and I may film it for my YouTube channel if I get a chance to go, if I'm not working. Anyway, I think that's about it for today. But the message of this uh, podcast is really don't overthink it. Enjoy the, enjoy the lead up to buying a 911. Enjoy the ownership journey. It's great fun. You meet lots of great people on the way. Not only people in your local community, but wow, do you meet so many people uh, because of your love of Porsche. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great community. And the 911... You know, 996, 997, you know, for the entry level, if you want to get into it, I think that's the way to go. I haven't touched on air-cooled only because air-cooled prices are, my comparison for air-cooled prices, I guess, is the Australian market, and air-cools are very expensive. So I'm trying to look at uh, cars, uh, like a 911 that's that's not going to break your budget. Uh, I know that the air-cooled experience is a more raw experience. I have never driven an air-cooled. I've been in 993s, I've been in 964s. Uh, they have a different smell about them. I do notice that every time you get in one, it has a, the leather and the engine and everything smells different. Um, not in a bad way. <laughs> not in a bad way, but everything smells different. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with it, Echo. This is just, uh, if you're on a budget, you know, you have, to, you have to be sensible. And I guess that's what the message of this uh, thing is, but, but don't overthink it. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been another Porsche Cool podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Barth. If you like this podcast, uh, it'd be great to get some followers. Uh, I don't seem to have any followers at the moment. A lot of people are listening to me and downloading. Uh, my statistics are quite good for a new podcast. Uh, something I'm going to grow upon. But uh, if you could follow this podcast and leave a comment, that would be fantastic. Anyway, thanks for listening and I'll uh, speak to you in the next one. Bye for now. <laughs>